Hello and welcome to our show for Keeneland's Closing Day, Friday, April 28th, covering the all-turf pick three. Always a little sad when Keeneland ends, but you know what that means, it's a uh, derby is upon us, so uh, not much time to be uh, to be too wistful about one of my favorite meets closing, especially when we have another chance to uh, try to take down one of my favorite bets, this all-turf pick three. Your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker once again. And once again, for the third time in our Keeneland How to Play series, I welcome from InTheMoneyPodcast.com, Michael Domable. Michael, what's up? Yeah, I, would, I echo your sentiments on Keeneland. It's uh, sad to see it go, but it'll be back before you know it in the fall. It, it falls like such at a, at a great place in the calendar, especially for me, because I'm not a huge um and mlb or nba fan so once college basketball wraps up you can turn your attention right to keeneland and have that get you get you to get you to the to the kentucky derby and the triple crown and then in Sar- saratoga and so on and so on so um the signal of spring has come and passed and now we'll be on to bigger and better things Speaking of uh, springtime weather, what are we looking like at Keeneland today? There was some rain in the forecast. Last I looked, it was looking a little bit better. Uh, you think we'll have any trouble with these races today? I think I think we're going to be okay. I think the the weather that might have been supposed to hit uh, the Derby trainees and and Keeneland closing day might have ended up here in here in Richmond, Virginia, because it's pretty wet wet here. But uh, I was watching training at Churchill earlier this morning, and they were at, they had a fast track still, so I don't think the rain has has quite hit yet. So, and with it being closing day, I think they'll likely run them all on the surface yeah, they're intended that, for. That, that's for sure. Just a question of maybe if there was going to be a little bit of uh, extra cut in the ground. Yesterday was fun. I my, It's always fun when you've got your 40 to one shot in the hunt at the pace call and you can kind of get to the edge of the seat. Unfortunately, it did not. Uh, the stretch run didn't plan out, uh, didn't pan out as planned. And it was not one of the days we get to claim having the all-turf pick three, but it was a interesting bunch of races to to go over. And the long shot winner of that race, you did have that positive note on. We just weren't smart enough to include. Yeah. And then, and then uh, I would have been a lot more frustrated if our, our, our sneaky long shot King Curlin would have got up in the last. And, and that would have been the difference between hitting it and not hitting it is whether we included uh, the number eight, Miss Riddler in the second leg. Uh, but I couldn't have got to the, to the winner of the, of the nightcap. Um, so it, it kind of makes you, it's kind of a little bit of a, of a comforting feeling when, when that happens versus being frustrated. Yeah, I agree. JK and I argue about that all the time. He's always wants his picks to win. Wants says he says, see the ball go through the hoop. But for me, I want less to second guess. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> and you're right. That would have been a hell of a thing to second guess for us. Had, uh, had that key that we both like got in, in the last race. All right, let's turn the page quite literally to today's all-turf pick three, which kicks off with race number six at 340 Eastern. We've got a maiden special weight for Phillies and Mares, three and up, going the mile and three-sixteenths on the turf. Michael, how do you want to light this candle? Yeah, I think this race and and some of the rest of the the sequence – it's really going to be tough to get past some of the, 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 the likely heavy favorites. Um, in this opening leg, um, I think the number eight, Salabia, is going to come down a little bit off of that five to two morning line just because there's so many so many signals pointing to this runner. Um, this filly uh, came off the bench and ran a pretty respectable effort uh, against a pretty solid field at Gulfstream last time out. The winner of that race for the flag came back to 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 notch an allowance win 
at Keeneland uh, earlier this meet. Um, the, there's a couple things to think about with this one, though. Uh, in that race, she kind of hung on the money, so to speak. She looked like a winner the whole way around until until not being able to get by for the flag. But that the winner might be a little bit uh, of a gutsy sort, um, and that might not be as as uh, indicative of, of Salabia being um, shy of the winner's circle and more more of a pro to for the flag. Uh, the other thing I'll mention is that Brennan Walsh equipping this filly with blinkers. Some equipment changes are tricky. Sometimes they can be uh, when a trainer doesn't know what else to do, and sometimes they can actually be a positive. But I think it's going to work in the favor of this horse just because um, it'll allow her to be maybe get a clear early lead, and it might be it might prevent her from um, waiting on other horses in the lane. So I think she's going to be really tough to beat. Um, but I, I was wondering what your thoughts were if, if you were with her on, on, on the, the principles or if there was someone else you were thinking um, would, be, would be your top pick. I had to put Salabi on top because I also feel like there's a breeding angle here with the, that mile run last time, maybe just also being a bit sharp. I think she could be seen to better effect here, second off the layoff with the extra ground um, and the potential tactical advantage. So I didn't want to, I'm not going to stand completely alone, but I felt like I did have to make her the top pick. I thought the interesting one might be seldom seen the 10 runner um, for Jonathan Thomas and Augustine stable with the angle being basically twofold. First of all, very well documented how good the Thomas numbers are second out almost frighteningly. So, I feel like the turf is going to certainly agree with seldom seen. And this is a softer angle. I just, I love how she was bet in the first run, like perfectly in between live enough to suggest that there's talent here and not so bad that I feel like that very even run was a disappointment. I didn't see a ton on the tape in that first run, mm-hmm. but I'm almost just not even worried about that because of how good the Jonathan Thomas numbers were. And from this tricky post, I truly believe that the eight to one morning line could be a, a very good guess. And I'm not really that interested in the horses um, between Salabia and seldom seen on the morning line. I could sort of make little knocks on all of them. So I was going to think about trying to go forward just with those two, because I do think there's some other favorites you have to contend to along the way. Did you have any other numbers you wanted to put on your tickets here? Yeah, I'm, I actually got a little crazy, and I just just looking at the way the rest of the sequence is going to shape up, uh, have potentially heavy favorites in the next two legs. I wanted to have one horse on side that I think would extract a lot of value in this in this spot, and it's the number five, Determined Gold. Now, one thing that she has working against her is this barn is is notoriously poor off of lengthy layoffs. But how, I mean, how 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 negative can you be when the horse is going to be 20 plus to one? I think that the run that she put forth over this course and distance uh, at Keeneland last year was pretty impressive. She was 70 to one that day, completely outran her odds, launched a six wide bid around the turn, had that stamina to hold second, despite um, looking like she was overmatched heading into that race. And then I can make excuses for each of her next four. Not many horses, a lot of horses didn't really take to the Churchill Downs turf course. Um, And so I can draw a line through that one. And then in the next two starts, she was way overmatched. Those horses are much better than what she's facing today. The likes of Pizza Bianca 
and Broadway Boogie just came back to to run in a in a in a high level allowance race at Keeneland this meet, um, and then the race at Delaware, uh, three turns might not be exactly exactly what she wants. Now she comes off the layoff, it's gonna be a monster price. Gets back to the course and the dis- distance that she's ran her best lifetime race. Got impeccable breeding as well. I mean, and it's not often you see Godolphin and Callie Met team up on on the breeder line. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's super about, interesting. But, but uh, but I think I think she's live at a huge price, and uh, you know, with with the other runners in the sequence uh, being short favorites, I, I want to at least have one ticket where I can maybe maybe blow this thing up. I love it, and I would say I would highly recommend using Determined Gold on underneath tickets as well. You know, seems like one. I love your case for outrunning the odds, um, and at the price, there's no reason not to include on top. But that's one where you know if you end up with a it feels like maybe a small double key in the try with the with with the eight and the five having to be somewhere and then uh, getting jiggy with it in the other spots. I, I like that. I like that case a lot because I also feel like the third number in that try could also be a price. You know, I don't think it has to be one of those horses that's going to be bet. So I, I I like that a lot. I'm gonna I'll probably steal your idea there for for verticals if uh, if if nothing else. Let's proceed. To the second leg and this is one of these races we could probably do rather quickly this is the grade three bewitch billies and mares four and up we're going the mile and a half on the turf and if anything like the real warlike goddess shows up everybody else is running for second i mean there's there's no bigger fan of personal best than me but i just don't know that she's gonna be up to this type of uh this type of a challenge and i, I also hate you know trying to pick the upsetter who has the same running style essentially as the the giant favorite is it as simple as warlike goddess and the bewitch you know it on on the surface of things it looks like like it is i, I mean it her her odds on the toad are going to be indicative of her of her chances of winning which is going to be the fact that she wins the mo- majority of these of this of this race the, the number of times it's run um you know the layoff is a bit of a question but she came off this exact same layoff to win the bewitch last year She's going for three in a row in yep. this race, which is uh, which she would join only Royal Harmony, who won the the Fayette uh, in 1969 through 71 as the only horse as the only horses to have won three straight uh, stakes races at Keeneland. So a that's bit of, cool. Is that your polar? Is that your polar? Did you read it somewhere? I read it somewhere. I read okay. it <laughs> as a, over in the, the place with the letters. Uh, but maybe it can be added to to a, a Keeneland trivia for throwing things back and, and host another one. Did you get a chance to check out the Derby trivia show? It was great. Yeah, I, I've I've listened to both of them. I think uh, I know I know Nick and and Jessica. Uh, held their own the first uh the first go around but i i i think the teams might need to be mixed up a little bit they are the the other team was a juggernaut let it snow jennifer and emily i mean they're both jeopardy experienced and uh when it comes to when it comes to that older stuff i mean there's no there's no beating them yeah for sure but it was a fun <laughs> listen i mean to have a question with sir barton in it to jennifer i mean they, you know that that's like asking me a, a Brooklyn craft beer question. It's just, it's just not even fair. Um, who's the alternative here potentially to, to warlike goddess, if there even is one. Yeah, I would say personal best is the, is the most likely upsetter just because this is classic, classic Shug, uh, getting a horse to improve every start, uh, more than the last. And, um, I mean, in, in the last race, it, that was a step up in company. I think that the, the orchid was better than the La Prevayant. 
in terms of field quality. And, and she ran a solid race, got an improved speed figure, uh, amazing race. The horse that beat her um, looks to be a pretty good one for, for Clamont. And, uh, you know, she could take another step forward. So the, my thought in this race is really that um, if I can get de- determined gold home in the first leg, I, I want to make sure that I have tickets with Warlike Goddess, Personal Best, and even Temple City Terror, just to sure. just to try to capitalize on that opinion. Uh, with with more going through Warlike Goddess, but but having all of them on side somewhere, just to just to make sure I can get that that, that opinion across the finish line. In your column, how did you grade it as A's and B's, or did you just sort of spread it around? What what should I write for the notes? I'm just yeah, I had Warlike Goddess as an A, Personal Best as a B, and Temple City Terror as a C. Gotcha. What numbers? Uh, what numbers are those two? That would be four, five, and two. Okay, four, five, and two. All right, let's see. Four. I somehow missed. I somehow mixed this up completely. Oh well, I'll come back to it after we are done with the show. We will meanwhile pivot on to race number ten, which is our nightcap closing uh, closing race of the meet. As the curtain falls, we get these three year old allowance types. We're going a mile on the turf. We've got a big full field. We've also got another potentially sizable favorite, or at least solid favorite, in the three-runner Turf King. Are you with or against this Chad Brown trainee? I'm a little bit against this one, actually. Uh, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a curious initial placement by the by the Chad Brown barn. I, I think over the past maybe two years or so, he really hasn't been bringing as much of his stock down to Gulfstream um, and even less so running them over races, especially like uh, written for the synthetic. So and, uh, the horse wasn't bet at all really in uh, in his debut. And now you're going to have to swallow, swallow two to one or less um, first time against winners. Um, so, you know, it's a horse that obviously can win, um, but you know, the value just won't be there. And I think, I think I'll take a horse that has similar looking running lines has answered the question, uh, of running over turf, um, and try to run most of my play through the number eight fearless soldier, who I think ran equally as well, if not better than turf King in their, in their common race. And then although the figure didn't come back any, any great shakes in, his turf debut, I think he looked like he handled that surface well. He made a wide move and, and powered away from that field. The City of Lights have been really, really running over the turf in general. Um, you get taught with Todd and, and Irad, hopefully, hopefully work out a good trip sitting behind the pace um, and can can run this field down. So it's just a case of, of one horse likely being two to three times the price of the other um, and looking similar on form to me. You said something very interesting about that first race that I will uh, I, I will follow up with you about. You you saw enough in the trips um, between Fearless Soldier and Turf King to make up that four lengths when you say you felt like they ran equally well in the common race. Yeah, I think the fact that um, the the fact that Fearless Soldier was was wide at certain points um, and was a little bit green early on or, or yep. green through the lane really well. uh, in switching leads that probably cost him a length or two um and turf king really just got the the quintessential perfect trip coming up sitting right behind the pace finding a seam late and kicking through it um and being pretty determined to to get up for the win but i thought the greenness and, and the wideness made up at, at, at least half if not all of the distance between between the two runners in the debut 
and I think you can also just make the case, you know, 12 to 1 that day, not that much was expected. And, you know, maybe Fearless Soldier has had a chance to close the gap or even uh, go forward since that day. Any other numbers on your tickets or just uh, just just eight and uh, and three for you here? Uh, I'll use the eight as the lone A. Um, I'm likely to relegate Turf King to a to a C. Uh, I have to look at and see how the tickets are going to shake out, but um, I, w- I want to use two horses on the B line. The number five, more than looks, is kind of a play on on kind of what you, you were mentioning in the in the opening leg, kind of reading the tote board a little bit. Yep. The fact that this runner was bet the way he was in each of his first two starts uh, against. Um, against a big field in his debut to be nine to two. Um, and then, and then to win his, uh, his maiden on synthetic at four to one. I think that signals that there's, that there's underlying talent here for a, for a barn that's generally underrated. Um, and then, and then the number six labor is kind of a, a pedigree play for me. I was a huge fan of center court when she was yep. running. Um, I liked the, uh, the, the naming, no, the naming, uh, it's great that, that they've done with a few of the a few of yep. her uh, a few of her progeny and uh, getting getting to turf. I, I wish he was by a different sire other than Bernardini, but he doesn't. He's not as poor of a turf influence as 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 made out to be. Um, but I think getting back to turf will give him one more chance to to beat a field like this. He's been holding pretty high company um, over the past, over his career on the whole. So those are the other two I would I would want to have on side. Laver and the and the sister Navratilova. You gotta love these tennis names. Do you play? Do you play tennis or just appreciate the wordplay? No, I I played tennis uh, all through high school. Uh, I don't play as much now anymore, but um, yeah, that was that was that was my sport of choice uh, growing up for sure. That's excellent. I'm hoping I'm hoping to get back. I'm just trying to plant the seeds of a plan to maybe get back to Wimbledon this year. After going last year, it was a, it was truly. Truly awesome sporting experience. I have one other horse to throw into the mix here, the number seven, Dunedin. I'm going to give one more go just based on the fact that those two-year-old races, a couple of two-year-old races were really fast, and I could tell you a story about maybe needing that run in the Cutler Bay and adding Lasix here. I think there's enough that I want some sevens. I also put the three on the A-line. Just looked obvious off the nice win. Um, and then the fact that mom was a stakes winner and multiple graded stakes placed on the green. I thought there was some scope for improvement. I could also see the horse being over bet, but you know, for this bet, I'm going to use as an A. And then I did back up with your top pick, the number eight fearless soldier might be a hair slow, but you know, you got, you respect these connections and you made some great notes about the, the pedigree that I had picked up on as well. We'll see if Fearless Soldier will be anything like that price and can maybe get us live to some nice tickets here in the finale. Any closing thoughts from you, my friend, as we wrap up the Keelan meet? No, I think I enjoyed covering this bet. I hope, um, you know, it grows in popularity, meet over meet, um, because that could signal that other tracks could try these high minimum, low takeout, uh, short short number of legs sequences, um, because that's what horse players are clamoring for. So I hope... I hope that our bringing more light to, to the coverage of it uh, helps out and um, other tracks can follow suit. I love that idea. I'm t- totally with you on it. Michael, thank you for the great work you do. Hopefully we'll get you going with some other stuff. If you've got some time this uh, late spring into summer, get your writing more over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. And let folks know where they can follow you on Twitter as well before I let you get out of here. 
Yeah, I'm on Twitter um, at mdomhokey. Um, so you can follow me for for some some derby thoughts in the coming coming weeks. I'm actually going to be attending my first Kentucky Derby, so maybe oh, there'll fantastic. be some some documentation of of that experience. I'm going there Great. for my uh, for my uh, for my bachelor party before my oh. impending impending nuptials. That's um, so, so we'll have a awesome! Fun group Congratulations. There. So that'll be the plug for for the follow is to to potentially see some of that that content coming forth. Love it. Where will you all be hanging out? Are you going? You know how how did you get yourself sorted? Yeah, we got we have a group of of ten of us going. So it was tough to get anything. Um, you know, in that upper echelon in of price. <laughs> no millionaires row for the exactly. Tenacity. Exactly. Uh, uh, so we're actually right near where they're going to be breaking from the gate um, in the in the in the grandstand. So awesome. um, it'll be it'll be fun, though. It'll be fun. It'll be a, a bucket list item for all of, all of my friends. And I'll, I'll kind of be like the the Jesus leading the disciples a little bit, uh, trying to keep everyone uh, keep everyone straight in their wagering. That's going to be quite a challenge with a group of that size at an event like that. But uh, you, that's not far from where we're going to be sitting. So we'll make sure to rendezvous there and uh, check on you. Make sure you're not having too much fun. That sounds great, Pete. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much. Thanks also to our partners at Keeneland and Keeneland Select. Uh, folks should check out on their Twitter feed. I did some videos with them when I was down there the other week. Those have been dropping over the course of the last few days. I think they're pretty fun. Um, so check that out. Let us know what you think. Most of all, though, want to thank all of you the listeners, for making these shows so much fun to do. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos. <laughs>